welcome to the Fort Brock's Crypto Podcast. I am your host, Neil Alonzo, with my co-host and co-founder of Fort Brock's, a crypto mining company, Mr. Brandon Don Heath. Fort Brock's. <laughs> so today, mm-hmm. best show ever. Yeah. Best show ever. It's not just because you let off with the fact that you showed me that Maddie dog voice video. Uh-huh. That'll be in the show notes, though. Oh, uh, will it? Yeah. Just <laughs> people might find amusement. Yeah. And our show notes and this episode are located on CryptoPodcast.xyz. Yes, sir. But do- why today is the best episode ever? I don't know why. Tell me. Because <laughs> we're talking about discovery engines. Oh, okay. And you're like, WTF, right? Yeah. What is a discovery engine? Oh, well, I will elaborate and share with you. This is actually a little bit of a special episode. Okay. Because it's coinciding with an article we're putting out on Mirror. Mm-hmm. Mirror.xyz. Yeah. So you'll be able to mint this article talking about two different concepts as it relates to the discovery engine mm. methodology or yeah. hypothesis. All right. Yeah. But before we dive into everything, yeah, some disclosures. We are not financial advisors, wealth managers, lawyers, brokers, or CPAs. We're merely sharing our opinions and our point of view from the experience we've had in the crypto space, blockchain space, yeah. the wonderful tech space, yeah. right? Yeah. Today's episode is not sponsored by Phil's. I'm merely drinking the coffee that's yeah, located down the street. Today's sponsor is Phil's, but not officially. Not officially. <laughs> they're sponsoring you with that caffeine. Yeah, they're sponsoring my productivity Dude, in production. For what? those of you who can't oh. see, he's flexing. Oh, I know. Oh I woke God. up and my back felt weird. You have James Belushi's physique. That. <laughs> You're a beautiful man. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, so wait, what is a discovery engine? Is it like, because I've been looking at a lot of Highland cows. Um, I don't I don't even get the joke. It's not a joke. I've been looking up Highland cows on my uh, Instagram. What is a Highland cow? It's like a long haired cow from Scotland. Okay. So it's it's really awesome. They're no 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 no. They're cute as shit. Anyway, so so, so I keep sending these pictures and videos of these cows to my little brother, um, who's not so little. And then he's like, "Why are you sending me these to me?" And he's and then I'm like, "Cause they're cute, right?" And he just keeps laughing. And then he sends me one the other day, and he's like, "Dude, my algorithm is filled with fucking cows now." <laughs> What the fuck are you doing to me? Can you please stop? And I said, not a chance. And then I keep sending them cows. Is that what a discovery engine is? No. Oh, dang it. Okay. So to elaborate. Yeah. A discovery engine. Okay. This is my thought process on it. It isn't necessarily probably everybody's thought process on it, but I haven't heard the term used. Okay. I've mentioned it on probably crypto vibes. And I think I might've mentioned it in some of the other podcasts. Yeah. But with Web3 and everything that's going in that direction, blockchain and crypto technology, a lot of things that creators have been saying is, where is it supposed to make it better for creators? Oh, okay. How is blockchain and crypto going to make it better for creators? Yeah. Because they're talking about, oh, well, you can make your content NFTs. Cool. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that do for What me? does that actually do for me? And they're like, oh, well, you have a direct path between what you create and monetizing it. Mm-hmm. Cool. How? Yeah. But I mean, there, how do I do that? There's yeah. not enough of the how. And even if you do explain how, none of it's real yet. Yeah. So the thought process on a discovery engine is exactly what the name implies. Mm-hmm. The dynamics between the current places that we have content and the content creators themselves will flop. They'll switch sides a little bit. Yeah. 
it's not so much that the power dynamic shifts. In some cases, it could, depending upon the power of the creator. Yeah. But it's just the dynamical shift. And I'll give you a specific example. Spotify. Yeah. Spotify. I'm a huge fan of Spotify. Apple Music still has, I don't know, user experience interface just doesn't work for me. I'm a bigger fan of them. Okay. We'll see. We have differing opinions. But yeah. regardless, just for the sake of this example, Spotify. Yeah. So Spotify... They have legal teams, music licensing teams. They've had a lot of backlash from different creators at different times. Yeah. Neil Young more recently. Yeah, yeah. So in Spotify's case, they have this huge, massive archive of music, mm -hmm. podcasts, right? All this different audio content. Mm -hmm. In that case, the creators license their content to Spotify. Okay, fine. But in the world of NFTs... Let's say, and we'll use Neil Young or and Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we'll also use Aesop Rocky. I mean, the list is quite long. Meek Mill. Oh, I, I know you love Kendrick Lamar. And you I love... Do. <laughs> yeah. And you love uh, The Weeknd's new album. Or New yeah. Wear-ish. Yeah. It's that's still, a good album. Still, yeah. Fan of all of them. Okay. So for the sake of this, each one of those artists want to create NFTs of their music. They can. Yeah. There's lots of cool shit they can do with it for those who may not already be thinking about it, or for those who are listening and know about it, and then they can create hidden Easter egg features of content. You can maybe log into their private Discord or private Slack channel or private website. Mm -hmm. You get notified of exclusive events, like all these cool things that go with owning the NFT. But what if the NFT itself becomes an instrument to distribute the music on its own? Yeah. So now, if you have an NFT and you have an NFT license, why? Do all the music attorneys and licensing agents need to deal the same way they've been dealing with the artists and the labels? Yeah. If they already have a vehicle with all of their music that can be easily accessed through the NFT mechanism. Again, think of the NFT as a mechanism yeah. or the housing for everything with one song or a whole catalog of songs behind each artist. If that's the case, Spotify no longer has to send out and do all the negotiations with record labels as far as how much they're going to pay, how much they're going to do. All of it's gone. Yeah. It's just gone. Now the artists get to tell Spotify, hey, go to our website at taylorswift.com or neilyoung.com or yeah. theweekend.com. Yeah. Log in with your profile as a publisher or a discovery engine provider. Yeah. And say, I want to purchase X amount of use of this NFT, that song. Yeah. Maybe they offer bundled pricing. Maybe they don't own all the rights to do that. And maybe it's the label that has this online portal that allows them to automatically just purchase the licensing. And they can come up with different licensing structures. But now Spotify, that's all they have to do. There's no more negotiating. Yeah. Maybe there could be custom pricing because they're buying so damn much volume. But maybe, and maybe it's similar to the freemium model to where they play certain music and after so much time, they get the residuals and rewards. But again, it's all baked into the NFT logic. Okay. If this, then that type logic. The smart contract, you will. But there has to be an if this, then that logic. Yeah. Regardless, the creator now has the ability to switch the dynamic of having to chase after music licensing and dealing with all that bullshit and Spotify. It might feel like they lose a little bit of power because what if they only have a year-long contract? Maybe a month-long contract. Yeah. Maybe a week. We don't know. It all depends on the creators and how they offer up their content to be licensed. But they get to dictate those rules. Yeah. Not a publisher anymore. 
No. Well, no. sort of. I mean, the publisher for them is the record label. But in terms of Spotify, Spotify now becomes a pure discovery engine. So all they have to really focus on is how do they monetize their discovery engine? Mm. That's all they have to focus on. Okay. Now, you could say that's all they have to do now. But no, they have the added element of talent relations. There's a number of other things that go into it. Yeah. Right? And when you think of original programming, there's a number of things you can think of. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to get really big in the podcast space right now. Yeah. Um, they've acquired a bunch of stuff, including of, yeah. Joe Rogan. Well, and a huge... Uh, well, they didn't acquire them. They just basically have the, is a contract to deal exclusively with them. Yeah. For X amount of years or whatever. But yeah. But what this does, by this happening... Yeah. There can be... Let's just say, for the cliche, there can be two kids out of MIT that get together and create a really fucking kick-ass discovery engine that can now compete with Apple Music and Spotify. Mm. They can create algorithms that might work better than Pandora. Yeah. The market for it now expands itself because maybe there are people similar to the world of Patreon, right, that only want to subscribe directly to Taylor Swift or directly to The Weeknd and their mm. extra content. By them taking back ownership of their music in this way and the distribution to it, they yeah. can do that, right? But still, there's going to have to be discovery for new artists. There's going to have to be discovery for new songs. Yeah. A lot of things with the radio kind of went away, and you have to really search for new music, unless you're part of different communities, yeah. right? If you're an avid mu music person, it'll come across communities. Most of the time, it comes through the influences you have in your life. Yeah. When we were younger... A big part of my music uh, exploration was either done through my parents because I was super young, couldn't leave the house. We're talking about four or five, right? Yeah. So I listened to records they play or the yeah. music they listened to on the radio. But then as I got a little older, I was into skateboarding. Yeah. The skate video showed me a whole new world of music. Yes. All kinds. And I loved yeah. it. And I could identify with other people that way because it's such a building part of my personality and yeah. what I liked. Yeah. So, so much of that is different now. Music is introduced still in similar ways. I would argue Band of Horses that was used in Guy Mariano's part of the Lakai video was one of the biggest things that could have happened mm -hmm. Okay, when he had the part. But it was one of the tipping points for Band of Horses in that world. I want to think that they got bigger because of skateboarding. I think Modest Mouse got bigger because of skateboarding. Yeah. I think a lot of hip-hop artists got bigger because of skateboarding. Probably. Pennywise got bigger because of surf moto and skateboarding. Crusty. But, crusty well, well, there was that stuff. Well, that was strung yeah. out, more no effects. Oh, yeah, yeah. But again, going back to all of this, those also become discovery engines upon themselves. Yeah. So by being a discovery engine, too, there's a way to spread out more of the monetization factor. So again, now you can have curators again, almost like DJs. And right now, Amazon's trying to do something with their AMP uh, app. I don't know if you've ever listened to it. No. Basically, anybody can become a radio DJ. Since Amazon has so much music licensed, you can create a playlist and become a radio DJ wow. for however long you want to broadcast on AMP. Yeah, yeah. Okay? That's awesome. But Amazon owns a license to a lot of that, right? Yeah. They could have done that same vehicle had they just simply had the access to the music through the artist through their NFT distribution. Yeah. And anything that gets played, depending upon how the payment structure they want to work out is, is done. And it's based upon the tiers that the artists themselves dictate. Here's the thing with that. No longer do you have to wait for Amazon to create a platform for anybody to be a radio DJ. Anybody can be a radio DJ. Yeah. Anybody. If, so, that, if, if you're into it. If you're into it. Yeah. But so much of the music that we like 
wants to be utilized in different ways. Yeah. So Brandon's sexy time radio station. <laughs> so always playing at midnight. So you everything to do with creators and music. And, and yeah. we're, we're just talking about music right now. We'll move on to other different forms of content here in a minute. But how do you discover new artists? Yeah. Right. There's so right. many different ways with PR, marketing, doing touring. Touring's yeah. a big one. A lot of grassroots. It always comes down to word of mouth. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, if your shit's tight and you have a solid group of people, you're going to get good music. It's going to get pushed out. But there's a lot of people that had to come up with creative ways to do that. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it on another podcast. But when Troy Carter was working with Lady Gaga and they were talking about how they launched her career because she wasn't getting signed. Yeah. They went about it a little bit different. At that time, you had MySpace Music, which helped substantially. Yeah, MySpace helped a lot of people. That actually is an early version of what a discovery engine could be, Mm. in my opinion. The thing of it was there was no vehicle for the artists themselves to maintain control of the content that they were uploading. It became ownership of MySpace. Yeah. Or at least lived in that world. So you're saying like uh, Carson Daly's, what was that top? 10 that he used to do every day what was that oh oh i know what you're talking the yeah. mtv show yeah the i forget MTV show i forget it i keep wanting to say irl but it's not it's total yeah. request live total, trl trl I was yeah, thinking yeah. in real life so basically like that would be sort of the old school model of a discovery engine it could be, yeah, yeah, because MTV, they had to still pay for that music. Yeah. Maybe in some cases they didn't. If you think back about the David Geffen documentary and how he talks about getting Guns N' Roses airtime play on MTV, yeah, they, I'm, they, I would imagine they gave that shit away for free just so they can get airtime. Yeah, but sure. that was a discovery engine at that time for finding new music because yeah. he even talks about in this documentary that w- I think it happened at like 4 in the morning or something, right? Don't hold me verbatim. And literally by 5 or 6 a.m., they're... MTV phone lines were just jammed with requests to play Sweet Child of Mine over and over and over. Oh, really? Yeah. That was before Total. Total. That was way before Total yeah, Request. Yeah. I think I was still in the time of Headbangers Ball and Yo! MTV Raps. Yeah. I, I wish that they never would have played that. What? Uh, Sweet Child of Mine? Yeah. Dude, you're a hater. I am a I hater. I bet you don't even like Forrest Gump, huh? I love Forrest Gump. Just checking to see. Just checking to see. Time. No, I'm just saying, like, yeah. Okay. So that's my thought process on it. This is trash. What'd you say? <laughs> but but here's the thing. So you have other websites that you can yeah. go to, and this is going to still stay on the topic of music, but start to drift over into how it would work within YouTube yeah. in that world of content creators and just media in general. So there's a site called Ben Sounds. That's just one of uh, probably hundreds of thousands of sites. So you can get license-free music yeah. to use in your YouTube videos, right? Yeah. Or on your podcast. Even Anchor which is Spotify's um, podcast publishing platform, offers a number of royalty-free music that you can put and tie back to your podcast. Yeah. But here's the thing. What if one of us wants Steel Dre? Or just the instrumental of Steel Dre? Yeah. Maybe I've got some money in my pocket, and I'm willing to spill the beans for Steel Dre to be used as an intro to my podcast. Uh, Or just to be used. Let's do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was actually the genesis of this intro song. Yeah. I wanted something that had a buildup and a repetitive beat yeah. that you could work with the stems. Anyways, my point being is this Steel Dre could just be listed. I can go to the website and I would know exactly how much I could afford to pay for it. And maybe they have a tiered structure based upon how many times it gets listened to. Mm-hmm. That way I'm maybe I'm just a skater kid wanting to come out with some cool content. Yeah. And I love that music. And I know that community loves skateboarding. Yeah. 
or maybe you're just a beatboxer, maybe you're a dancer, whatever the case may be, they know that they have a core audience of youth that they would love to see interact with their music. Mm-hmm. But it's in, it's not, you're not able to upload videos now to YouTube. It gets clipped. Um, you're not able to upload certain videos to Instagram. A lot of these content hubs, they have this copyright infringement that they're looking for, which is valid. I, I'm not saying we need to steal this shit. Although there was that fun Wild West time uh-huh. on Napster and LimeWire. And Beautiful. It was. It was amazing. But having said that, it's valid that the artist did create it. How does this work in a reciprocal way? Because people still need to eat. Yeah. But in this world of discovery engines, now if the artists have the ownership over this, they now can license it out to anybody. But they could create an a la carte way of doing it. Very much almost like setting up a Shopify site with all their NFTs and each NFT represents a music or a block of their portfolio or whatever the case may be to use in whatever manner that they want. So if you're able to do that and you're able to take it over to YouTube and now you don't have to worry about those issues, the amount of content that will come out from that will be fucking amazing. Yeah. Because think about this. Spike Jones, you a fan of his? Yeah. So Vice actually did an epically latered with him. Oh, okay. So I like this series. It's done by this guy, Patrick O'Dell, who came from skateboarding. And then now it's shown on Vice. They have all these great series of epically layered. But Spike Jones talks about how he came from BMX into skateboarding and how he grew from the Video Days video that he shot to Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth calling him up and saying, hey, will you shoot our music video because we like what you did in the skateboard video? Yeah. And then subsequently... I'm sure the career Spike Jones has had. He's had Adaptation, yeah. being John Malkovich. He's did the Where the Wild Things Are. I mean, his, yeah. her, I mean, there's so many great things. Tra- yeah. Amazing career. He wouldn't have hooked up with Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. There, so there's a lot of th- reasons. But it all started from skateboarding as a young kid, yeah. and then he directed music videos. Well, now, if you're able to, and you have however much they're willing to do with any of the music you like, you can go and recreate music videos. People like music videos again. It's just not easily accessible in the same way that it used to be when we were younger because that's all we had with MTV. Yeah. When it, before it was just Teen Mom and The Challenge. Yeah. And probably, I think, what's the other one? Catfish. And then they had Ridiculousness, but Rob Deerdick clearly knew what he was doing. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It was dope. So having built an empire. Empire on the back of Ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool story you should look up. I think he did an interview with Howie Mandel on his podcast that talks about it. Howie Mandel has a podcast? Of course he does. Everybody oh. does. Not just us. I know, right? <laughs> Shatter, shattering the glass here. Whoa. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So how does this go back to that? Well, by having this free enterprise now, kids can create music videos from their favorite music. Mm. And you're going to find some incredibly talented humans out there. Yeah. And some Michelle Gondry's. And... Well, you obviously you like Gondry. Okay. Oh, yeah. So who doesn't? <laughs> My point being is this, there's going to be a discovery engine to find that content. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a a reciprocal way of generating revenue throughout that entire model. Now, it's not going to be one sided. The gates to creative ideas to execution, you are limited by your motivation to actually get shit done. I mean, sure, Mm -hmm. something will cost money, but I'm sure that there's artists out there that will do a pay to play. However many times it gets played, you get paid. There's going to be a way that you could just share in the revenue. So if you're on YouTube and you create a kick-ass music video for Steel Dre, great. But you didn't have the money to do it, but you just had nothing but sweat equity to put in this and all these friends of yours were in the video, but you created something amazing. Yeah. You upload it, you do your thing, and then you start getting AdSense dollars. 
Well, a portion of that gets distributed to the Steel Dre property, portion of it back to you as a creator, and portion back to you too. Mm. That monetization model makes more sense to me. The scaling factor, the reciprocity in it makes more sense to me, and that could be delivered by Web3. Now, here's the thing. YouTube is hosted centrally. Yeah. So how do you create a decentralized environment for discovery engines? Mm. It takes a little bit of selflessness to do it. We talked a little bit about it when we were talking about TBD and Jack Dorsey's play to make more of a decentralized network, Mm -hmm. right? In order for things to be truly decentralized, it's almost that cliche, a person plants a tree to know that they will not live long enough to bask in its shade. Yeah. Great. That's the way you can hit true decentralization with some of these things. It's going to be harder value proposition to get people to stand up a discovery engine without a direct monetization value, in my opinion. But... I believe a lot of people's opinion on that. Having said that, there's that's where I feel the opportunity is for creators to get what they want out of Web3 blockchain and crypto to realize their true value in that space for creators. And I know I've related it back to music and now I'm getting into the visual art side of it. Yeah. When you think about Steel Dre and the reason why I keep using that is because it's relevant again because of the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. And it's just such an incredible piece of music, instrumental. I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. 50 years from now, that shit's still going to bang. Mm. Why can't people sample that easier? Yeah. Why can't people riff on that, play on that? Like some of the Empire of the Suns music with Wiz Khalifa, for instance, when they overlaid it, and I think it was uh, Mac Miller had done something with it, mm-hmm. was amazing. But what if anybody could do it? Yeah. One of the biggest reasons why it doesn't get done is because you have to get the rights or the license to do so. Yeah. A lot of the artists, I'm of the opinion, would be more free thinking for people to play off of their music, especially older artists that would love to be relevant again. Everybody would love to have the Kate Bush moment. Yeah. From Stranger Things, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Who? What artist wouldn't? Yeah. Having said that, in perpetuity of a song such as Still Dre or even any of Marvin Gaye's catalog, yeah. it'd be cool to know 100 years from now, 50 years from now, 25 years from now, and I went backwards Benjamin Button style because what if people were able to create all their own music sampling portions of it? It would open up a whole new generation to all those other catalogs of music and it would allow both of them to continuously make money. So now the estate of these musicians will live on forever in a way that was never possible before because now you don't have to negotiate for everything. But if you wanted some sort of governance over the quality control of it, Mm -hmm. you institute a DAO and you allow the community to say, okay, every month we let X amount of people upload this many versions of whatever they're sampling with still Dre. And we'll let the community decide which one of them gets approved for mass production or mass release to these discovery engines. Yeah. It creates a whole new way to create a community around each song that really resonates. Not all music does, but a lot does. Yeah. Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Can't get, always get what you want, Rolling Stones. I mean, Rolling Stones has several iconic hits. The Beatles are incredible. Yeah. Still Dre is obviously one of them. Fleetwood Mac oh, coming well, up hard again. <laughs> well, that was because the Ocean Spray guy on TikTok, TikTok right? skateboarding is listen to dreams i'm talking about no oh my gosh you're sleeping yeah <laughs> you got to check so. this out it'll be in the show notes okay but it's really cool so both dreams saw a lift in play yeah and then ocean spray got love i think they ended up hooking the guy up who was in the video he was just this 
chilled out like Hispanic looking gentleman skateboarding down the street on his way to work, I guess, just drinking ocean spray, listening to dreams. But it was, I know you hate this word, but it was such a vibe. <laughs> what does that mean? It made you feel good watching it. Like you, at least I did. I felt good watching it. I could feel the freedom in the moment, like just being totally present. Yeah. The vibe, the video threw off was the vibe of feeling good, being present in the moment. Does that help? I know you still hate the word vibe. Yeah, because what does it even mean? I I don't know how to touch your soul. Oh, it's Maybe if like... the Cardinals win the Super Bowl, you'll be feeling the vibe. Oh, yeah. No, I'll use that <laughs> word every day forever. If the Cardinals win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be like, oh, that was such a vibe, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> but you see where I'm going with this oh, in the Discovery man. Engine, right? Yeah. I, I'm of the yeah, opinion this cool. is the... So it's an I, interesting idea. It is. It's just an idea. Yeah. But here's the thing I love about blockchain and crypto technology. These ideas, they're everywhere. They just mm -hmm. need to be uncovered. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to how, and this is why creators are constantly saying, well, what's web three going to do for me? What's so much different about that and web two, yeah. web two to web three, in my opinion, and it, it's even written in other sites. I want to say it's written on ethereum.org. When you think about read, write as being 1.0 and 2.0, Read, write, own. The ownership factor of Web3. Yeah. That's what's driving it. But it's such a, I don't know, it seems so lofty out in the distance. Like when people say shit, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. What the fuck? Like, I get it. I understand what they're saying, but they don't give you the tools Yeah. to actually make the journey so grand that it's not about the destination. Nobody gives you the tools, Yeah. but I feel like more of that starting to come up with a lot of discussion. And again, a lot more access to people who think differently, pushing out content. Andrew Huberman talks about the tools to actually enjoy the journey. Like how do you actually do that cliche? Yeah. So going back to the discovery engine, what's well, a lot like Bandcamp. Bandcamp is that, uh, platform that, like artists, musical artists put their own music up right. into it and then they they can sell it yeah. on there. A lot of times it's just really small bands or whatever. So so you have the literal yeah. discovery engine yeah. of new talent. Yeah. But I'm of the opinion too that it has to start top down in that way to really catch hold. Unless the next generation does not sign a contract with universal or a big yeah. label and just says no no we're gonna self do it yeah you're so disappointed in drake right now <laughs> i'm i get it he could have taken it all in-house yeah all of it yeah. merchandising everything about his brand would have been himself i think he would have people don't want to take on that responsibility i get oh which is valid, right? Yeah. That's super valid. Might as well split like the profit with somebody and just have them do all the work. So you actually raise a really good point when it comes to executing a lot. So people want certain freedoms. Yeah. But maybe they don't want to do the work. No, of course not. And then here's the other side he's of it. Not, I mean, he's not like he's got a lot of money and it could have been worth a shit ton if he would have done himself. That means he's got to build a team that executes it that well. He's got to put together, like, he's got to make sure that he maintains and stays at that that top level of music creation. We didn't all have while to. while running, a, like, business empire based off the licensing of his himself. Might as well just give it to somebody who's done it 
and continues to do it. Completely understand yeah. that value proposition. Yeah. Completely. Because yep. not and, and we've had direct access to this. The talent not is not always as polished in everything they do. Yeah. They might do one thing really well or come out with a hit. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they necessarily know how to run a P and L. Yeah. Which is valid, but they don't have to. I mean, does Drake even write his own music? So <laughs> I don't know. But well, so you do. You bring up a valid point. When creators are talking about owning a hundred percent of their content, yeah. That's a different breed of creator. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't stop the fact that the power dynamics between a creator, once they hit a certain genesis too, don't change. Because when yeah. you get enough ego involved, you start to think, well, I don't need this shit. Yeah. I'm worth a hundred million dollars. Why do I need this anymore? I can build it myself. Well, then you just Jay-Z it and build title. Well, Jay-Z is a different breed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to that point, I still believe that the model that I'm talking about with Discovery Engines is better suited because if you want somebody to take care of your shit, they're still there. The yeah. record label now owns the NFTs and controls the NFTs. Yeah. But Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, all of that does become a discovery engine. Yeah. So I'm going to take this a step further. Wait, hold on. What? Do you remember when Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. <laughs> I just want to shout out to him. What's up, Jay? Who wrote it? I want to say it was Jessica Lesson, and I or less than I, I need to get her name spot on because she writes great articles for the information. She wrote, "CEOs are becoming creators or need to become creators." One mm-hmm. of the two. I don't know it verbatim, but it resonated with me the idea of CEOs being creators. It's becoming more prevalent. Mm-hmm. VCs, right? Most of their general partners that they have have to have some sort they don't have to but they seem to wait vulture capitalists <laughs> they have to have a youtube channel or their own podcast they have to have their own constant content stream now yeah. because they themselves branding yeah helps the whole vc fund that's true so in that same way i mean the old c ceo of t-mobile dan i forget his last name it starts with an l but he became a personality yeah. He was a CEO unlike other CEOs in that, especially in the wireless communications vertical. Richard Branson. Richard Branson's a huge one, right? Yeah. He's So having said that, the other side of a discovery engine I feel like is coming as a result of Web3 is us as people having the value of our opinion finally monetized properly. And I'll give you an example. If I want to go eat somewhere, I'm in West Hollywood, and I want a recommendation from you because of the area, or maybe yeah. the dynamics reverse. What you refer me to, the restaurant should pay you for that referral directly. Yeah. Why do I need billboards? Why do we need all this bullshit? Hmm. Word of mouth is what works. Why are we not getting compensated for our word of mouth? Yesterday, I told my friend the best place to get a burrito right next to me. Yeah. He was like, hey, where's a good place to get a carne asada burrito? And I was like, oh. Boop. Send him straight there. He's like, thanks. So because it's it's an excellent burrito. I'm sure it is. You're saying they should pay me for that referral. Yes. Oh yeah. Why not? But here's why. And it what's funny about it is it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's not. They need new customers. Yeah. They need ongoing customers. Yeah. To be introduced to any place to try. Yeah. 
if for people to break the habit of something that they already like and try something new is hard enough as it is. Yeah. People like routine. Humans like routine. Yeah. To try something new is a little hard. And especially if you just want to be satisfied. But if you trust somebody that's in your circle of mm-hmm. trust and they give you something good, it's a great way to bring in new customers. As a business owner, small or large, you want to know how your P&L, your profit and loss sheet is running. And marketing and advertising is a big portion of that. I want to know how much I'm going to set aside for a budget. This clickbait bullshit, there's a lot of different click-through things you're paying for on a number of platforms that don't yeah. make sense. Impressions, I mean, we've, we've been in the PR industry. Yeah. And we would deal with impressions substantially. Yeah. And I hate impressions because just because people see it doesn't mean it resonated. No. I mean, if you send out a PR newswire release and you do that thing in Times Square, I forget what it's called, PR wireboard, you could argue that it was a million people saw it. 10, excuse me, 10 million people saw it. Yeah. That doesn't make it real. That doesn't mean it resonated with 10 million people. But when people actually genuinely have one-on-one conversations, you can attribute that to real value. The problem that they've had is how do they prove word of mouth to anything as far as a spend? In this particular case, you could. Yeah. So when you think about, again, this goes with the idea of soulbound tokens, NFTs, discovery engines. So if a discovery engine was Yelp. Yeah. Hang on. I'm going to make it better. I promise. Okay. I promise. So if a discovery engine is Yelp, and the only opinions that you're discovering are the ones that are related to your inner circle, you're only going to see positive opinions. Okay. Because the whole idea behind it is you want a recommendation of where you should go, what you sh- where you should go to find something, deal with customers or whatever. The people in your inner circle and your contacts list are only going to refer you to good shit. Why would they refer you to bad stuff, bad experiences? Yeah. So now it removes the bad. All the 2.5s. You don't need 2.5. Yeah. You know what I mean? You really don't. Well, I mean, so, yeah. Okay. Look, I'll finish this and finish then you that. can, please, because yeah. I'm curious. So the idea of it is, is that there has to be a mechanism and we can achieve that now with blockchain and crypto technology for both the compensation tracking and the validation of such things. Mm-hmm. So now things such as Yelp become more discovery engines and they don't have to worry about doing, I'm not saying they did look at news articles. I'm sure there was people posting. I know restaurants that have done a type of growth hacking methods. Agencies do certain types of growth hacking methods to get more reviews and everything. You have to gamify. Here's the thing. It's all, it's, it's still devaluing everything, which is why I think Yelp has more people working in their advertising department than they do actual engineers on the product. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, I just saw a video like on Instagram reels about why this guy only goes to 3.5 star Chinese restaurants. Okay. Uh, he's like four star, like is too much. Too much money? Uh, no, it's too much. Um, it's too many stars for Chinese food. Okay. He's like, you don't get authentic Chinese food there. Okay. Uh, he's like less than three stars. He's like, that's just a horrible place. You don't want to go to there. He's like, but 3.5 stars is the exact amount of stars to make it authentic enough for me to go there he's like because in china it's the the like service standards are different which means that all the folks aren't giving them four stars but the food's good enough that they're like um i should probably give them 3.5 so they end up getting 3.5 stars ah because the food's so good 
but the service sucks because it's traditional Chinese and they're not known for their service. So that sounds kind of like that place called but, Dicks in San Antonio. Oh yeah, is that the one where they they're supposed to be a dick to you? you. Yeah, 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 they're supposed to be a dick to you. It's like Ed DeBevix. Okay, but that was just a tangent because uh, it would be interesting because then nobody would actually like you wouldn't see any two stars on there. It would just be like your friend circle, and then like it wouldn't have stars yeah it just show you who of your friends recommend going this one yeah but see the thing of it is it comes back to humans because then which one of your friends actually motivated you to go there yeah you'd have to choose on your end to either assign that or just make it a group thing Mm -hmm. if it was a group thing then whatever the restaurant would pay an individual gets distributed amongst the group yeah interesting Again, this kind of comes back to the methodology of DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. It's yeah. almost like you're creating micro DAOs for every single human. Yeah. Because your opinion and your circle's opinion is mm-hmm. its own DAO in a sense, or you could look at the restaurant itself as a DAO. Yeah. However it works, the mechanics of it are there now. The technology is there now yeah. to provide a better experience, period. Just need to build it. Just need to build it. Yeah. But it becomes a discovery engine. And again... Discovering things is what Web3 needs to thrive because you're going to always have centralized environments because of the way everything with Web 2.0 is set up. We have to change the dynamics between who has ownership and who doesn't. Yeah. So in my opinion, restaurants aren't the only thing. could be places where you get your oil change. Good Lord knows we need people that aren't going to fuck us. Yeah. But I mean, and there's, there's lots of places out there, but you just don't know how to find them. Go to any place not named Jiffy Lou. <laughs> Just kidding. But my point being is this, is that the power in the music discussion, is, as far as this is concerned, is always going to be in the creator's hands. Yeah. Because the creators are the ones who make the music. Now, you could argue it's the label. So maybe the label is kind of a creator in a weird way. However, it works out. At the end of the day, the source of it is the content. Yeah. The people publishing, sharing the content becomes discovery. It's just the way it is. This is a Web3 world because we're going back to ownership. When it comes to ownership of our opinions, that's Mm -hmm. ours. We own that opinion. That's where the value resides. Restaurants, places for any type of automotive, real estate agents, everybody needs our opinions to make them money. Mm -hmm. But it works in a reciprocal way too. We need those services. I don't hate billboards. In fact, I love driving down Sunset just so I can see all the different billboards. So it's cool because you want to see stuff. But here's the thing. There's a big word in advertising called disruption. They want to disrupt you. Why? Because us as consumers and humans, we have enough shit going on that we need to be disrupted from what we're doing. Take us out of our present focus mm-hmm. so we can see whatever message is presented in front of us. And that's why like, I hate you have it. those new ones that are like popping out at you and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. When you think of, and we talk about Ready Player One in a joking fashion as it relates to the metaverse. Yeah. The character Nolan Sorrento wants to create X amount of pop-ups without bringing people into seizures. Yeah. Okay, I get it. But here's that fucks up the entire experience. Have you ever looked at, and I love Vanity Fair. Yeah. But when you scroll through that site, on a mobile app especially, you got pop-ups and all kinds of shit. Variety, pop-ups and all kinds. So many websites. What I was going to say about YouTube, like YouTube's great and a lot of people watch um, music videos on there now. But now you've got five different ads in between each video that are unskippable. So YouTube's in an interesting position, in my opinion. I believe that they need to do things to make better user experience, especially something like that, right? Like if you're watching a music video, let me watch it from start to finish. Yeah. 
fine. Um, but here's the thing, and that's and they have a paid for service to remove it, but they need to c- improve things. But here's the thing with YouTube, they have a better monetization model for creators than anybody. TikTok that's, has their creators true. fund, but it's going to run out. I don't know any other platform that people make the money that they do like they do with YouTube. Substack's trying to create an element of that, yeah. but really only so many people and you got to write everything. And I'm sorry, but this generation and not just, just generation, I'm sorry to classify. A lot of people don't want to write that much. They'd yeah. much rather just talk yeah, or get on camera. I mean, I, I have listened to more books or in the past both. three years than I have in my entire life yeah, because I found that I'm a better listening reader. Yeah. Than an actual reader. Yeah, yeah. So going back to it, these are the things that I believe are available as a result of discovery engines. Discovery engines are now available to create because of blockchain and crypto technology. Yeah. It's just kind of that simple. Books can work the same way. That's what's awesome too about books. Books are hard to find. Yeah. Good books until somebody gets some momentum around them. Yeah. So, and then when you think about decentralization of hosting, that's where it gets even more interesting. Yeah. Because you have Flux, maybe maybe Rweave, maybe Filecoin. There's lots of ways that you can host your platforms. But if a discovery engine is meant to be truly decentralized, it's interesting to how you're going to connect it all the way down to the hosting to be truly decentralized. Decentralized. Because gaming can have the same effect in all these ways. But I would love a day when I open up an app and I'm in a specific location and I'm able to just look at my contacts to find out who out of my contacts that I've had good experience with, let's say seafood, and they have a place that recommends seafood. And what? Maybe I'm open to suggestion. Yeah. Maybe that discovery engine does have an ad. Okay. I'll give you an example. So I look up in my contacts book and it shows me that these people recommend these seafood restaurants near where I'm at. But the discovery engine app also gives me two options, a sponsored option, somebody who's willing to pay whatever amount of money to be shown to me in the context of me looking for seafood Mm -hmm. at six in the evening. Yeah. Okay. And it would correlate into some of the representations of items that would be coming up from my contact book. Now there's a privacy element there that needs to be addressed. But if I know that so many people are recommending these seafood places out of my contact book, and I'm able to see another restaurant that none of them maybe know about Mm -hmm. or recommend they can sponsor that. You know what I mean? The second option could be something completely separate or different from what I'm trying to do. So it could be if it knows just by my actions. And again, this comes back to cookies and privacy. So this can be changed. It can also be done in an agnostic way, I think. But can it say, hey, if I have music that I've been playing, let's say by the weekend, maybe it says, oh, in two weeks, the weekend will be in this area. Mm -hmm. So there's my two sponsors. So they get ads. They get ad revenue. You can expose people to things they never would have seen. But it doesn't disrupt me. Why? It's taken me within the context of what I'm searching for at the time I'm searching for it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day. So you want to be Buenos, Buenos Aires now. <laughs> I just, I believe advertising needs to move more towards a contextual way of delivery, not a disruptive way of delivery. Yeah. Disruption is pissing people off. It's yeah. killing the user experience. But because the owners of content are going to be able to take power now. Yeah. It's going to change the way people deliver that content in a way that's going to make it more discovery. And discovery is truly able to focus on when I'm of the opinion, you're not being disrupted. Yeah. That sounds interesting. So that's my case for it. Yeah. And the article on mirror.xyz that we'll have will showcase exactly these two points. Yeah. That's my thought process. Yeah. So that's basically it for this particular episode. Do you have any thoughts or anything to share, Brandon? 
Um, yeah, I feel like it. It's gonna take some time to hit those blue sky. Oh yeah, dreams of yours. Speak but, it into existence, it, baby. Yeah, and it, it does remind me of something that we talked about a long time ago. Um, Which was what? Uh, Dio. Theo. 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 Yes. Yeah. But. T h e e o h. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how you spell it. It means two in Latin. Uh, One Greek? of those Greek. Yeah, Greek, I think. But yeah, um, I guess, like in in this context, in the in the blockchain and Web three world, yeah, I'm I'm not as big on it as you per se. Like I think it's gonna take a lot longer, mm-hmm. and I think AI will probably disrupt it anyway. Um, well, AI actually has a heavy hand in delivering real human opinion. Yeah, maybe it does. But it's not a real human. Not AI, but so in my. AI oh, and, can work in multiple ways. And helping to... Yes. Yeah. To structure all that data. Yeah. Because remember even Dotto's Absolutely. Color AI? Yeah, yeah. That still takes a human quotient, but there's in a lot that's... In order to figure it out. In order yeah. to figure out how to create those LUTs with AI. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's, that's my thoughts on it. <laughs> I just think it's going to take longer, but I like it. Think it into existence. Think it. Okay, think it, speak it both of them oh speak we can do it, both speak it. jeremy i can't say that to my own i heard that from jeremy speak mcbride it into existence okay. yeah shout out to jeremy cheeseburgers cheeseburgers what's cheeseburgers i'm trying to speak, speak it, it into, into existence, existence. <laughs> cheeseburger i love you okay well thank you again for everybody listening to the fort brock's crypto podcast thanks guys we have new episodes that come out every other monday This show is produced by Vocal Visual and Wizard Cats. And if you found value in what we're doing, please share it with others. Who doesn't like to share value? We would like to thank the celebrators for that intro and outro song. This recording podcast studio is provided by ADU West Coast and Seal Beach. They turn underutilized garage space and backyards into rental housing units. Their website is at aduwestcoast.com. And if you'd like to be notified when new episodes become available, you can subscribe on cryptopodcast.xyz. And you'll just get an email with all our show notes and a breakdown of timestamps of each one of our portions of our video from the podcast. Makes it a lot easier. I'm your host, Neil Alonzo, with my co-host, Brandon Don Heath. And thank you again. And I'd like to thank Phil's Coffee. Not a sponsor, but delicious coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, man. Cheers. (laughs) 